Hey, Ricky Ricardo, you ready for me? Hit it. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's August 30th, 2009. Time for your Gitmo Nation audio publication episode number 126. This is no agenda. Coming to you from the 17th Century Canal House, Crackpot Command Center in Amsterdam, Gitmo Nation East, straight from the catwalk to your iPod, I'm Adam Curry. And from fogged in Silicon Valley North, I'm John C. Dvorak. Almost not in the morning anymore. It's almost in the afternoon. No, we've got plenty of time. It's only 10.30. Yeah, sorry about that. Had a little bit of family biz to take care of. That's fine. People don't care. Most people probably aren't even up by 9. (laughs) Well, they are on the the East Coast. I like 8 o'clock. East Coast would be 11, so they'd be uh, watching football. Oh, please. And and on uh, Thursday, I'd like to do it at, uh, I'd like to see what we can do 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock? Yeah, on Thursday. Yeah, Gitmo Nation West time. Where are you going to be? I will be flying, well, I fly back from Chicago back to Amsterdam on uh, Thursday morning. And uh, so I got some stuff to do. You know, stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can do eight, probably eight fifteen. Cool. So anyway, I just got back from the uh, Haute Couture Fashion Show, where my uh, lovely daughter, my now nineteen-year-old daughter, was uh, on the catwalk. She and she didn't fall. <laughs> she almost did slip out of the shoes. You know, the it's funny when you go backstage and you, it, one of these uh, fashion shows. You know, the clothes. You, these clothes are not really made for these girls. That's why they're all kind of like one uh, size. So you know, there's like gaffer tape and clothespins and all kinds of stuff and shoes. You know, here's some shoes. What? They're too big. Stick some uh, tissue paper in them. You know, so <laughs> here's my 19 year old <laughs> kid, and she's on this big ass catwalk, and the and all of the nation's press is watching her, and she's like, and the shoe is almost like flying off her foot. Yeah, I mean, I saw it. No one else saw it. Um, and uh, you know, it was it was cool. Well, you know, they, every every year, two or three models take a tumble. It's always uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's oh yeah. The best one. Most of even. it's on uh, YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I, and Christina and I discussed this. Please don't become a YouTube clip. <laughs> She's like, no, no, I'm not going to. She did a great job. I was very, very, very proud, Papa. So, uh, yeah, that was So, cool. how tall is she and what does she weigh? None of your business, you dirty old she man. She has to be at least 5'8". I just want to know if she's one of the tall, tall types or, no. the, or, the, or the short, shorter, skinnier ones. She's at, well, she's, uh, I'm not quite sure what she weighs. She's, she's skinny, but not crazy skinny. She's got beautiful, curvaceous, very Yeah, she feminine have to hips. be skinny. They won't bury you. Yeah, but she's 5'7", so technically she's a little too short. Oh, she's short. Yeah, but she's a celebrity model, dude. So she gets, so she's allowed to get away with it. And you know, at the end where the uh, where the designer comes out, and then he always takes one of the models and takes her up front uh, in front of all the press. So of course, he took my daughter all the way up front. It was cool. It was fun, and it was a, a harrowing did you, did moment. You for wave me. and yell, "Hi, Daddy! Hi, Daddy!" <laughs> no, but I was there going like, "Hey!" <laughs> looking at me like, "Shut the fuck up, dude! What are you doing?" <laughs> so. Um, Anyway, so that coincided exactly with our normal kickoff time for uh, for the show. Uh, so, so what's going on over there in Europe? I I saw that they uh, they now have you know coincidentally leaked 
the memos that show that the Iraqi or the I'm sorry the Libyan um, oh in the in the UK yeah that it's all about oil <laughs> yeah and they le- they mysteriously leaked these documents of course which is uh, by based on our theory is just a cover up for the real reason they released the guy and uh, they just be- basically throw Gordon Brown under the bus say oh it was for oil we we screwed up and then they that's just let for- let's forget the fact that maybe they have the real evidence it was the whole scheme was else yeah i'm telling you it's it's pretty blatant almost i mean we we predicted it i think actually you predicted it and it's exactly what happens and the oh well we found some memos from two years ago and that of course is exactly why this was a whole oil swap and now you know Gaddafi's son is you know now he's being pushed to the forefront of course he's going to take over eventually you know the typical way it works in uh, in world world stage uh, politics so yeah, and and talking about that kind of thing, my here's here. I think there's going to be an interesting situation happening in Massachusetts. By the way, all this morning is all it was for another day. Another I mean, Ted this, Kennedy. Ted Kennedy and Ted Kennedy. I mean, it's like this guy. Can I? Can I? Just, when, before you go, when before you go on died, your rant, they didn't give him this much ink. What you're going to go on a Sorry. rant? But I, I'd like to say something before you go on the rant. It pisses I'm not me off. Go well, I hope you are because I've got a jingle for your rants. Um. It really upsets me. No, nay, it pisses me off that here nay. we have. Yeah, that's and you know that's old old English. N A H. Yeah, N A Y. Nay. Yeah, N A Y. The eyes and the nays. So I say a nay. Um, it pisses me off that here we have to have you know the whole coffin with the flag draped over it. Yet the American media has expressly been forbidding from showing any young servicemen or women who were killed in the line of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. You're not allowed to show their coffins, but let's show the drunk. Let's show his coffin. Oh, and by the way, let's put him in Arlington Cemetery. I guess the barrier to entry is pretty low. John, we should reserve our plot there. We could be there now. So here's the deal. Here's what I'm seeing coming down the road. They've already talked about who's going to replace him, and you know they're trying to push Dukakis. You're kidding me. No, Dukakis is like at the top of the list, but you know who they're going to really, I, I think before all is said and done, they're going to try to push another Kennedy in, and I'm thinking that Dingbat Carroll. Well, didn't they try that? Didn't they try that in New York? Well, they, yeah. that, they, they tried to put her into Hillary's spot, and then uh, Carolyn got well, then, threatened yeah, or something, she, right? She backed out. She yeah. backed out of the deal, and I think, to be honest about it, I think that somebody came up to her and said, look, it's going to be a tough go anyway. You get a lot of flack. Let him beat the crap out of you. Then there'll be some sympathy because Teddy's not long for this world. Why don't you do it in Massachusetts? You can be closer to home. And you know they talk that way. <laughs> and the old geezer's going to croak, man. Don't worry about it. You'll get your spot, babes. I we met- talk that way. I mean, that's the people talk. I, I met her. I was introduced to her through, of all people, Tom Brokaw. And uh, she's very nice. And oh, she seems like a very pleasant person. I yes. actually wouldn't really object to this, but I don't think she's the brightest bulb in the in the pack. I also met uh, now. Who's the uh, who's kind of like the loser of the family? Um, oh, it, I There's guess a it, bunch of them. So it's not her, not uh, her cousin. It's the guy who's actually running the Special Olympics, who was doing that with Eunice. And of course, now no, it's no, no. taken Robert it over. Kennedy Jr. Maybe no, I mean, no, 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 no. It's uh, God, I had I dinner know. with him once. Yeah, there's still a million. Yeah, oh. there's a whole bunch of them running around. But Carolyn Kennedy, this was when she was doing the library, and she was interested. This is in the uh, late '90s. She was interested in putting uh, uh, the uh, JFK Library 
uh, on the internets, and she had asked Tom Brokjaw who uh, who could help her with that. And I thought I was tickled pink that Tom Brokjaw said, uh, "Yeah, that Adam Curry should talk to him." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, cool. No business. <laughs> no business whatsoever. I showed I showed her the, uh, you know, yeah, here's what we'll charge you. <laughs> what you won't do it for free for Camelot? <laughs> and, I'm sure uh, that's what they're looking for. Yeah, well, you know what I said there. No service for you. She was totally looking for a freebie. Well, anyway, I think that I, I, this hasn't cropped up yet. I'm just pre- kind of predicting it's a possibility. Yeah, it's totally possible. But Dukakis is on the other, the, you know, the other side of that equation, and he's going to be trying to get in there. And, you know, Dukakis, of course, has a bad rap. I, I really wasn't following politics that much at the time. In fact, I was pretty much enslaved to the uh, the Gitmo Nation system and and bought it all with the rest of them. Of course, they what killed his presidential run, his career, is the goofy-ass picture of him in the tank with the stupid helmet on, and no one could take the guy seriously <laughs> oh, anymore. A classic. <laughs> it, was, it was. That was the, uh, the Howard Dean scream, and you had the Dukakis helmet gaff sticking out of the tank, looking like, uh, he looked goofy, man. He just looked like a douche. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> it really yeah. was. And they, and they ran that over and over and over again. And, and that's how you don't become president in the United States. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, if you're in Italy, you could be screwing models. You could have naked people hanging out at the pool. You could have questionable, uh, romances with, uh, 18 year olds, divorce your wife, sue the newspapers. And you know, you're cool, man. You're hanging. No problem. Yeah, well, that's Italy. So, um, anyway, the other thing that's going on, there's a couple of interesting things happening over here. I'll mention one. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce is going to... Uh, yeah, a trial on global warming? Yeah, they want a trial on global warming because they just... But I was reading through some of these reports, especially the ones in the New York Times, and they're kind of, they have kind of a twisted... Uh, I got the, uh, kind of, the L.A. Times version of the story. Okay, well, so, the New York Times version, and I'm sure the LA Times is they, they, they've twisted the thing just subtly that so people maybe don't notice. Uh, it's instead of t- discussing whether I mean the real issue is is there such a thing as man-made global warming? Uh, right. It's, it's not whether it, there's global warming or not, but whether it's man-made. Right. Now the other, what they're they're twisting this to say that that's not they're this is weird. You have to really read between the lines to kind of pick this up. But what they're really trying to do is have a have a trial on not whether it's man made, whether it's global warming, but whether global warming is bad. <laughs> yeah, I like that one though. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, it's, but it's it's totally beside the point and twisted. You know, uh, is it bad? I mean, they can't prove it one way or the other because it's obviously it's not provable. You know, it's like, you know, is is going to kill you in in 2.6 years? Here's a great quote. You won't know uh, until 2.6 years. Great quote from the L.A. Times. The uh, the Chamber of Commerce proposal, quote, brings to mind for me the Salem witch trials based on myth, said Brenda. Eckwurzel, which sounds like a witch name, by the way, who was a client, uh, climate scientist for the environmental group Union of Concerned Scientists. That's kind of crazy, though, when your name is Brenda Eckwurzel and you're talking about the Salem witch trials. Well, Brenda, you might want to change your name, okay? Because he sound like eucalypta. <laughs> yeah. So, but this is the, they want the EPA to to jump in on this, right? Yeah, the EPA with that arrogant woman that runs it, uh, she'll just 
tell him to stuff it. Is that, uh, what's her name? I can't remember. I mean, I just remember. I can still see her, though. Ugh. Anyway. Well, that is it. that uh, is interesting. And, of course, the reason why the Chamber of Commerce is doing this is because they represent uh, medium and small businesses. Um, and those are the businesses that will get hit the hardest, of screwed. course. Yeah, because of all the... In fact, I was reading that the Netherlands, speaking of Kipmo Nation East, they... Let me see if I have the story here. Uh, they have uh, just put out a tender for their carbon trading system since they plan to uh, actively trade here. Of course, we have Euronext, the option uh, exchange in uh, Amsterdam. So I guess they're, uh, they're, they're on board with the program. This is just some... This cap and trade thing is, is ridiculous. I wanted to uh, mention, speaking of the Netherlands, that uh, you remember the the court case we talked about about the uh, the Dutch royals who sued Associated over Press over their photos. Yeah. Over their photos. Well, the headlines read "Dutch royals win privacy case," and I and I found that I found that highly interesting because first of all, I looked into the the court documents and they sued the Associated Press. For, uh, it's about four pictures, and these four pictures were of them. Uh, while they were on vacation in Argentina, and uh, they feel that, that they sued the AP under uh, the European human rights legislation, wherein it stated every human being has the right to privacy. And so the judge said, well, you know what? Yes, everyone has the right to privacy. So those four pictures had no newsworthiness, uh, and they also do not contribute to the broader. Uh, social discussion, ergo, they are deemed private and may no longer be published. But of course, the judge didn't didn't say you can't take pictures of the royal family. It's just it has to be newsworthy. So you know, it's kind of it's not really a win. Uh, they got no money because they were suing for you know twenty five million or whatever in total. So they, they were. They were suing for twenty five million. Yeah, like twenty five thousand dollars a day that they kept each of the pictures up, and then they wanted to do it retroactively, oh. and so that came up to some huge, huge number. Uh, so they got zero, uh, uh, zero money, and they really didn't get a win. Except, yeah, I guess it's kind of interesting because now any celebrity could essentially say, "Hey, you know, this is private. I'm on vacation. Screw you. Go, you know, f off." Unless, of course, it's newsworthy, yeah. and that is the big question. When is it newsworthy? Well, according to the tabloids, anything a celebrity does is newsworthy. Right. And, of course, what was funny is everyone's showing the pictures because, of course, the whole conversation is a newsworthy conversation. Ergo, you can show the pictures. I mean, it's the stupidest thing right. in the world. <laughs> it's like, okay. So, but I do like the headlines. Everyone's like, "Oh, Dutch royals win! It's horrible for uh, freedom of the press." Right? Screw you! They didn't win anything. So uh, here's an interesting one that's that's floating around. You you read this, I'm sure. You know the WHO, which is weird operation to say the, the least. Uh, the World uh, Health Organization. This is the uh, the severe warning they uh, put out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, wait, let me get this straight. Now, my understanding is when you categorize these various viruses, uh, one, if you have an H1N1 type XYZ, let's say, and you have another H1N1 type XYZ, 
it's the same virus. Yeah. So how do you have a, a severe version of it? Well, let me just say ex- exactly what they reported. According to Reuters, doctors are reporting doctors, quote, some docs, some doctors out there are reporting a severe form of the swine flu that goes straight to the lungs, John, straight to the lungs, causing severe <laughs> illness in Two otherwise healthy young people and requiring expensive I love this expensive hospital treatment. You know, it really clicked for me when I read this. I'm like, of course, it makes so much sense. No one wants to be caught with their pants down with a very expensive treatment from the straight to the lungs version of the flu. So we better ram some health care reform through there. It, I think it kind of fits if there was a global strategy. Well done. A little bit late, but well done. Well, this is assuming that they haven't tweaked the virus just to make it a little more powerful. <laughs> they spoke about earlier. If you remember that, right? Well, yeah, of course. Um, they're even saying... Let's that, make it so it kills everybody. Well, what they're doing is they're, they're now saying, hey, this is exactly what happened with the 1918 flu pandemic known as the, the uh, Spanish flu, which, of course, is horseshit because that was completely different. That happened in soldiers who were sent over in ships who had been, oh, wait a minute, vaccinated... And because of the vaccination and any vaccine, particularly with an adjuvant, and, you know, hey, uh, this week in virality, whatever the heck the name of your show is, I may be kind of paraphrasing. But from what I understand is if you have severe stress levels, it can actually make activate a lot of shit and it can make it worse and it can wind up killing you. But it's not the same thing as the 1918 flu, but they're now comparing it to the 1918. Remember they dug that corpse up and got some DNA? It makes so much sense, John. They dug up that that, that dead dude. They got some of the, the 1918 flu, mixed it up, tweaked it a little bit, and we're off to the races. So uh, I'm looking at this uh, document saying the uh, Spanish influenza epidemic of 1918 was caused by vaccinations. I didn't know they were giving vaccinations back then for yeah, the flu. Yeah, but it was, I don't think it was for the flu. I think it was for something else, but they vaccinated all of these soldiers. Oh, because soldiers. they had some other stuff in there, yeah, maybe. Yeah, they vaccinated these soldiers that were shipped over to Spain, which is why it's called the Spanish flu. And uh, because of the stress of being packed into ships, and it was 1918, you know, it wasn't exactly, uh, you know, the Boeing luxury liner. Um. Doctors, of course, are questioning this. Even ABC News has a report on that. All this stuff is in the show notes at noagendashow.com, by the way. All right. Well, on the topic, I found something interesting because I was looking into this story, and I ran ran into an old posting from Kelly Pundit back in April of 2005 discussing who the WHO's incompetence, and mainly about the fact that they're trying to get baby formula out of Africa, and they claim that, you know, need it because there's not enough... Uh, breasts, I guess, but they ran what? into this. She ran what? into this. What? 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 Say what? Breasts it needs to be more breasts. You have my attention. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so they're just—it's just a very interesting article. I, I'll the link. I'll send you. Well, it's under kellypundit.blogspot.com, and it's from uh, April six, two thousand five. Someone's gonna have to look it up. Anyway, but they were they, she, he or she. I guess it must be a she. This has got an I. Um, found this interesting quote from a 1992 book called Malaria Capers, for, uh, printed by Norton and Company, not a slouch, uh, 
She says, read here to find out how radical activists have kept the safe, life-saving, life-saving insecticide DDT out of this uh, paramount to mass, uh, out of use, that is paramount to mass murder. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's population control. Go read it yourself. I'm not kidding. And then here's the quote from the book. Population control advocates blame DDT for increasing third world population. In the 1960s, the World Health Organization authorities believed there was no alternative to the overpopulation problem, but to assure, to assure then up to 40% of the children in poor nations would die of malaria. As the official agency for international development stated, quote, rather dead than alive and notoriously reproducing. <laughs> but John, are you now coming over to the dark side? Are you finally believing me that there's actually a group of people who do believe in population control us. who are trying to kill us? And it, I, w- I would look at the Bilderberg group. That's kind of the guys that I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's what you do. So, uh, meanwhile, so they, uh, people should go to the Wikipedia and look up Margaret Chan. This is that that Ms. Swan type person who's running the WHO. Oh, Chan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's freaky. W- she is freaky. She was initially trained as a home economist teacher in the North Coat College of Education in Hong Kong. Then she earned her bachelor's degree in home economics. And finally got an M.D. in the University of Western Ontario in 73 and 77, respectively. Oh, actually, she got her home economics degree in 73, then got an M.D. And uh, blah, blah, blah. So there's two uh, two docs she, I wanted to bring lightweight up. that somehow got bumped into this position. She's a mind control freak. She does, she does whatever. She's, she could be Kim Jong-il's illegitimate sister. Look at her. A white paper published by our favorites, the Rand Corporation, in March of this year, sponsored by Sanofi Pasteur, of course, the uh, one of the makers of the uh, H1N1 vaccine, div- uh, identifies parental consent laws, medical homes, and lack of access to medical records as main barriers for immunizing low-income adolescents. But they have a solution. Listen to this from the white paper. It would appear at first blush that vaccinating teens in a school setting would be a practical way to address the barriers posed by the lack of a medical home. Schools are the only place where the vast majority of adolescents are found consistently and predictably. <laughs> many, many of the barriers we identified, while seemingly distinct, were tied to current consent laws. We found that the requirement that parental consent for vaccination be provided in real time clearly limits the vaccination of adolescents in such venues as schools where parents and adolescents are not likely to be together. So separate them, get the kids in schools, and two to the arm. That's nice. That's a really nice Rand Corporation. Meanwhile, in Gitmo Nation East in the United Kingdom, remember those uh, swine flu call centers they set up? Where you could call in if you uh, if you had symptoms, so they could uh, take you through the uh, uh, skip logic, as our friend uh, Vivek yeah, would call it. Skip, skip logic, logic. To, you did two to the arm. Skip logic, and then you could get a swine flu buddy to go get some uh, Tamiflu for you. Well, uh, there's nothing going on. There's no calls coming in. In fact. The managers of these call centers are allowing the people manning the phones to play Trivial Pursuit and Monopoly while on the job. 
<laughs> well, at least you're doing something valuable with your time. <laughs> so, so the ministers are the health secretary, Andy Burnham of the UK, uh, who, of course, you know, they put 100,000 people on the phones. You know, it's a 40 million uh, pound uh, operation. And uh, the, these folks are basically being paid to, to play Monopoly and probably um, Solitaire. On their uh, on their PCs. Way to go, dudes. Way to go. Hey, by the way, if you people out there are going to play solitaire on the PC, play Spider <laughs> with a full deck with all with all the suits. It's it's a very it, that'll keep you busy. You only you know once you learn how to play the game right, you win about three percent of the time. About three games out of a hundred. That's very good time consuming game. Another John C. Dvorak. No job yeah. having tip. Yes. So, for, you know, for those of you listening to us, or maybe you're new to the show, and you're thinking, yeah, what are these two jabronis talking about? You know, vaccination. This. You know, I just want to say on this very program about a year ago, uh, I certainly was telling you, uh, anyone who had daughters, please do not let them get vaccinated with this Gardasil crap. This is the HPV anti-cervical cancer drug, which was poorly tested, was known to only maybe protect a child against or a, a female against seven of the 12 possible types of cervical cancer. And by the way, you have to have sex to actually be infected with cervical, in, in this case, with this type of cervical cancer. Uh, so there are so many stories coming out. And this is one from uh, examiner.com, which will be in the show notes, uh, just to show you that we are not entirely nuts um there are stories here uh on this on this one page uh that are just gut-wrenching when you read about girls that died that became uh, paralyzed and you know and were healthy 16 17 18 year old girls and they took the first shot they had to come back for the second shot by the way these shots were like 300 bucks a pop third shot boom they die and it's just tons and tons of stories from all over the world, all related to this, to this horrible um, so-called vaccine, which, of course, was, as far as I can tell, probably not a, a part of the out-to-kill-us scheme, but more like uh, a way to uh, make up for the, uh, the Vioxx that, uh, that, of course, was taken off the market. They had to come up with another money-making scheme. It's all about the money. And to kill us. So do we have some clips there from me? I got some clips from you and I got some clips from me. You want to play one of my clips? Yeah, sure. Since we're on the talk, talking about uh, the medical system, uh, I got a kick out of this one. This woman, um, this is a kind of a long clip because she's too chatty and I couldn't really cut it down that much. But you can interrupt it as you normally do. <laughs> as as uh, I'm known to do. This woman is Sally Sattel, and she just finished a book. She was on C-SPAN. She just finished a book and book talk. She just finished a book called When Altruism Isn't Enough, and it discusses essentially the ex- idea. Ex- explain the world, uh, the word altruism, John. I don't think altruism everyone knows. Altruism, you, you, you it's like doing something for nothing. And in fact, what she's talking about specifically is people who give away a kidney to uh, save somebody else's life. Which is it would be an altruistic thing to do, and she points out that you know everybody in the process, from the kidney bank to the doctors to the nurses to everybody and their sister in the hospitals, they're all making money on this transaction, except the person who actually gave their kidney. <laughs> There's big money in them uh, spare parts. 
And so she makes the argument that uh, there should be a market for certain things. Uh, In other words, if uh, you feel like selling your kidney for $50,000 because you could use the money uh, and you're healthy, You should be able to do that. Yeah. Well, this is what these these guys in New Jersey were doing, right? The rabbis, they were all involved with organ trade. I mean, it's a billion-dollar business. But the, the idea is it should be legalized, she thinks, and you know, even though the, I know what the counter argument is, well, if that's true, then everybody in China will be giving up their kidneys because you know it's going to be a human, you know, disastrous human this and that. And the other thing, so she goes on and on. She discusses part of this, and then at the very end, that's why you have to listen to the whole thing. You all of a sudden realize, oh wait a minute, there is a vested interest in here in this in this whole scheme of things to actually keep kidneys off the market. I wonder what group could that be. And you kind of listen to this clip. Sensible, saves money, and saves lives. Yeah, thank you for bringing up the uh, the public uh, in the, in the book. In fact, one of the appendices is. Uh, well, that's funny. I love how she slips in appendices. No, no pun intended, by the way. <laughs> covers the uh, literature on on polling data, and there have been surveys and polls done, and. Uh, uh, the great preponderance of, of these uh, surveys have found that the majority of people are very receptive to this concept, and surprisingly so, even uh, because they've often been in these questionnaires, have often set up a market system. You know, these are your choices. We pay, or we do this, or we do that, but cash is one of the... And, and still people will say, well, something we should think about. Uh, so that's... I, I think you're right, and I'm, I'm liking this. I'm thinking we need to set up a trading system, John. This could be a, a complete uh, computerized market. Huh, like cap and trade. Or, you know, like pork bellies. Anyway, go on. In the case, I think, when the public is way out ahead of the experts. Um, the As I alluded to before, you asked about where the resistance is coming from. Uh, one uh, major obstacle is the National Kidney Foundation. Uh, they're cheapen, cheapening the gift, that logic that I find kind of inscrutable. Uh, what's especially surprising about the National Kidney Foundation is that they were once very much in favor of doing pilot studies on incentives. Up until the uh, early 90s, late, late, er, wait a minute, oh, through the 90s, excuse me, they kind of changed their tune in, in 2000. And I, I have theories, although frankly, I'm not exactly sure why. I, I think it had to do with a change in membership of their board. Um, there's someone on it who I, is a very outspoken opponent. And... Um, so the National Kidney Foundation is not uh, much of a, uh, a help to us here, and unfortunately, they are considered—they are considered a grassroots organization. They're not a grassroots organization. They're an organization of uh, professionals. Um, they uh, have close ties with the dialysis industry, which is which is ah. fine. You want the dialysis industry ah. to have the best. Uh, I'd love for them to be out of business, but not because they're a bad industry. I just right. wish people didn't need dialysis. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah that, there Expensive you, the, dialysis. Dialysis, of course. Yeah, that yeah. makes so much sense. You know, I, I, I have to say, uh, of course, you know, I, I think the strongest argument against a free trade in organs is that, you know, the, the worry would then be that people with no money wouldn't be able to afford the spare parts but uh it are you allowed to donate your own kidney to your own child or parent or or friend or anybody yeah. you want to you're allowed to do that right yeah in fact there was a hilarious uh, a 30 
Baca, the episode this last season where, <laughs> where this guy find, finally finds his his dad, and then the first thing the dad wants is his kidney <laughs> because he's got a bad kidney. Anyway. But of course, so, that yeah, would screw with the business. expensive dialysis business. Yeah, of course. That's why we keep it illegal. It is illegal, I, I presume, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. You can't go around selling your kidney at the, to the highest bidder. But you can give it away if you want. Yeah, that's okay. And that's what did you, she mentioned, this this uh, cheapens the gift quote, which is apparently what the, one of the arguments that the Kidney Foundation uses. No, no, you can't sell it because then it cheapens the gift. It's not, you know, <laughs> Cheapen, you it, it are not giving make away it more the expensive? kidney. You, want, you don't want a cheap gift. I mean, you know, you pay, get, get, selling it is a, just cheapening the gift, the gift, the gift. Uh, I'm looking because I saw a story about the. Uh, let me see if I can find this. I actually I skipped the story, but now you brought this up. It's it kind of fits right in. Hmm. I uh, maybe won't be able to find it, but it was uh, it was exactly about this, and it is a billion dollar industry. The illegal trade of organs. It's huge, and, and you know, yeah. honestly, if uh, here it is. 42.9 euros per arm. Let me see. <laughs> per arm? Yeah. Let me see. How come this thing is... <laughs> I mean, you can see the problem here, but at the same time, if it's regulated. Well, that, think... that, by the way, is... Oh, yeah, a, you can cut off my arm. That's a current market price. German hey, company... is it okay if I go one-armed? Oh, listen to this. The German... I'm just, I haven't read this. The German company... Tutagen's business in body parts is as secretive as it is lucrative. It extracts bones from corpses in the Ukraine to manufacture medical products as part of a global market worth billions that is centered in the United States. Huh. Go figure. <laughs> you can read through that. I'll put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah, but that, that's... Uh, hmm. Well... You know, I'll tell you though, if uh, if a loved one of mine needed uh, an organ and uh, and we were on a waiting list, you can better believe I'd be scouring Craigslist. I'd be looking for some. I'd be looking for some uh, some organs. I don't think you can stop yeah. that. Craigslist, <laughs> isn't that where they usually show up on Craigslist? Yeah, right. You're listed with the hookers. Yeah. So uh, I noticed, by the way, talking about hookers. Yes, I have a Timothy Geithner clip ready. Or are we talking about something else? Oh, you have a Tim? Play the Geithner clip. Oh. Geithner was interviewed on something uh, by the uh, fine Murdoch publication known as the Wall Street Journal. Um, and I didn't know this existed. It's actually very cool. It's the Dig uh, Dialogue with double G. Uh, so there's like dig questions, and then uh, the the questions that get the most digs are then asked. And this uh, this uh, dude, Alan, whatever his name is, he actually starts off, well, you know, I'm just kind of the facilitator here. So in other words, all these questions that are really creepy that you're about to get, you know, they're not really my questions, but they're questions from real people. And of course, these these, these stories, which are and they're good questions, only have like 500 digs. So it's not a lot of not a lot, a lot of people that yeah, actually. Yeah, we actually care. posted this video on the blog at dvorak.org/blog for anyone interested. Yeah, so a couple of clips from that, and of course the the, the questions we really want to know are uh, you know hey you've uh, you've got all these. Uh, 
all these like Goldman dudes running around. You know, is, is that okay? And so I have a part of the question and then uh, Geithner's answer, which is just exceptional. That's a serious question that lies behind this. There's another question here. It's the fifth question from Key THB uh, with 579 digs. 579 digs. It's like no one gives a shit. Exactly. <laughs> no one cares. It says, how do you? By the way, Britney Spears, no underwear stepping out of a car, 10,000 digs. Feel about the revolving door between high job positions in the Treasury Department and Goldman Sachs. You worked for Bob Rubin, who ran Goldman Sachs before he was Treasury Secretary. I, was, I worked for him as a civil servant. I love how he's like saying, I'm not a part of Goldman Sachs. I'm not part of those guys. I have nothing to do with them. I just worked for them as a civil servant. At the Treasury. But while he was Treasury Secretary. Well, and while he was Treasury Secretary, not, not at Goldman Sachs. He, was, not, he wasn't at Goldman I have nothing to do with Goldman. Uh, nothing at all. Not at Goldman Sachs, right? <laughs> not at Goldman Sachs. Uh, you, uh, Hank Paulson. Timmy Geithner. Timmy Geithner. Do you think that kid was, like, pestered at school with that big head yeah. of his? Like, Timmy is a dork, and he can't get laid. Paulson was your predecessor as Secretary of the Treasury. He ran Goldman Sachs. Steve Friedman, who was co-head of Goldman Sachs, was the chairman of your board. At my request. At your request. At my request. But I have nothing to do with Goldman Sachs. It was my request. At my request. <laughs> Take Duh. It. Yeah. At the New York Federal Reserve Board, I think you have some Goldman Sachs. Your chief of staff uh, was a lobbyist for Goldman Sachs. Oh, I thought we wouldn't have any lobbyists. No, that can't Am I be mistaken? True. That can't be. That cannot be happening. Uh, there's, there's no lobbyists here. I think what you really meant to say was you're going to have only lobbyists. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. Yeah. Clearly, this makes some people nervous. These are... Let me just say, these are deeply honorable men. <laughs> okay, no! that's where I lost it. These are deeply honorable men. Oh, yes. These are men who are deeply honorable. Great public They're statesmen. deeply honorable. But you got to keep that clip. Great public statesmen, okay? Willing to come serve their country. Dude, if you ask me to be uh, in the Treasury, I'd, I'd show up. I'd be there in a heartbeat. No problemo, buddy. I'd be deeply, deeply dedicated and exceptional. In very challenging times. and Give them a medal, Timmy. Did exceptionally good things for the country. It's very important to recognize that. We're in. I wish he could tell us which exceptionally good things they did for the country, but he kind of skips well, over that. Well, we have that. to recognize it besides the point. Yeah, recognize it no matter. We have to recognize it. You okay. shall recognize. Recognize exactly what they did, you fools. Don't you understand? You will obey. A position where this government was forced to do exceptional things to save the economy from the brink of catastrophe. Which, of course, hasn't worked because we're still on the brink. <laughs> what would we be saying? You said save us from the brink. Shouldn't we be saving us from the catastrophe? No, the just the brink. No big deal. No, just, just the, the brink. brink. Just the brink. And the people of this country need to make sure we have people in these jobs here with experience in markets. So that as yeah. we negotiate with these <laughs> experience in manipulating markets firms to make to protect the taxpayer, make sure we're getting our money back, that we have people that understand these markets can actually understand them. So we will always be, as the Treasury has always done, we will always be looking to people with experience in the financial community, in business community, come in, in these jobs because that is important for the American people and so there was no one else of all the, all the financial wizards in the world they all had to come from Goldman Sachs because they're exceptional men who are dedicated to their country it's impossible to find them anywhere else at all Goldman is why they're the Valhalla of finance wouldn't you agree John must be just one one important fact um, you know we're making some progress in 
bankrupting the country. Ready in walking back some of the broad investment. Walking back some of the broad. What is? I, I I love not seeing the video. I love just listening to it because the words have so much more importance. When he says. We're having some success walking back some of the... What does that mean, walking it back? <laughs> is it like you put a little satchel? This guy's worse than Vivek Kundra. Is it like a fanny pack full of money or something coming walking back? Oh, hey, Timmy, here's your money. That's the government had to make in the industry, and we're doing a relatively good job at earning a good return for the taxpayer. Just to give you one example, the Please. average return we've had on the $80 billion of capital of investments the government made that we've now had repaid... The average return for us is roughly 16% an annual rate. 16% annual rate. So that doesn't mean they actually paid the money back. That's just these, they're paying 16% interest or? I don't know. It's vague to me. It's very Some vague. Some of the money is paid back. A bunch of it was paid back by Goldman, which they used. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. The gold, the gold, listen to what he says. It's the Goldman deal, I think, or the Goldman thing, he calls it. But can you talk good. about the Goldman Sachs investment? In Higher than that. Higher than 16. I think the Goldman thing is in the, tw- in the mid-20s. The Goldman thing. Okay. Goldman thing. It's the thing. All right. At Goldman, we have things. But uh, the important thing is that um, you need to have people in these jobs. These are complicated, difficult in any times. They're exceptionally difficult, complicated in a kind of crisis like this. And the American people need to have people here who understand and can negotiate effectively, can be the other side of things to make sure yeah. we're protecting the financial interests of the American people. And, okay. and, and I totally agree. Uh, it's just, it's amazing that they're only to be found at Goldman Sachs. Now, I have another clip, which is about all of the phone calls that went back and forth between Paulson and the CEO of Goldman Sachs. Of course, this is what Paulson was uh, being interrogated about. Yeah, this is what Paulson didn't do email. I hope this is more interesting than the last clip. You didn't like that clip? No, it was kind of boring. Well, I think you'll find this one rather interesting because now he actually explains what all these exceptional men did. See, you've got to listen to these things in sequence. A key period last September, September 15th, Lehman Brothers is allowed to fail. Lehman, a major competitor of Goldman Sachs. Uh, Next day, AIG is bailed out. And of course, $8 billion of that bailout went straight to Goldman Sachs. By the government. AIG was on the other side of numerous credit default swaps that Goldman Sachs was involved in. During that week, we now know that Lloyd Blankfein, the head of Goldman Sachs, was on the phone a couple dozen times with Secretary Paulson. Talking about their golf game. He says he was on the phone uh, some with you that same week. are you surprised that that gives people a sense of inappropriate contact between <clears throat> these institutions? Now, listen closely to what he says about these exceptional men, all these great guys at Goldman Sachs, all these statesmen, all these patriots, what they did. Alan, like the things we've been through as a country, we still face, have made the American people just deeply angry and frustrated and angry, <laughs> angry, skeptical about the quality of judgments made by this government. It's a completely understandable thing. And we have been forced to do just extraordinary things and, and frankly, offensive things. Ah, Thank you. Offensive things. So what is it? Extraordinary? Offensive? To help save the economy from the risk of even more catastrophic damage. And that requires, and required us, in part because we had so poor tools coming into this, doing things that are going to be deeply unpopular. But we do them not for the benefit of any institution. And I am completely <laughs> confident that none, none of those decisions that you refer to had anything to do with the specific interests of any individual firm, much less Goldman Sachs. What does that mean, much less Goldman Sachs? Take it hmm. from Timmy. 
Timmy says, I'm completely confident there was no gambling going on here. I won't play the rest of it. It's well, too, I think it's, that's uh, it's too disgusting. pretty apparent that he's not going to say anything. You want to hear his answer about his own tax evasion? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, that's right. I forgot he's a tax evader. Yeah. Uh, like seven years job. worth of taxes. He, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to pay. So, of course, the question is, hey, is it too difficult to figure out what you're supposed to pay in taxes, Timmy? From Zwendko, 690 digs. You failed to pay some of your federal taxes in 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. Please explain. You've explained it before. They're asking you to explain. So he's actually saying, you've explained it before. Please explain it again. What does he do? He doesn't explain it. Again, I have. You know, it's an understandable thing. I was the president's nominee to be Secretary of the Treasury. You would expect my tax history to be of interest to the American people. It's a completely understandable thing. And one great strength about our system is the people who are asked to do these jobs. This is, this is great. He's already gone off to another topic. He's not, he's not answering your question. Have to go through an exceptionally careful review of their entire financial, personal, professional history. That's good. And a great strength of our system is all that information was put in the public domain. Congress of the United States had the opportunity to go through. Oh, it makes me puke. We're transparent. That's, what, that's all he's going to say. He doesn't answer, doesn't answer the question. Just says, it's really good that everyone could find out about it, isn't it? Wasn't that really good? That was fabulous. So, of course, the reason uh, why Timmy Geithner is interesting is he's part of uh, this lawsuit now uh, that is ongoing about, uh, I think, Bloomberg. Uh, we talked about this uh, months and months ago. Bloomberg is suing the Federal Reserve, not the Treasury necessarily, but the Treasury, of course, involved, uh, to find out who the Federal Reserve lent $2 trillion worth of money, our money to, what banks that was. And, of course, the Federal Reserve says, well, we can't tell you that. That's your money. You're not supposed to know. And then we have... Uh, Dr. Ron Paul, Congressman Ron Paul's uh, bill, H.R. 1207, which calls for an audit of the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve is saying, oh, well, we can't do that. We have to separate monetary policy from politics. We don't want the politicians messing around with that, do we? Not in our private little affairs, a little bank, our, our little scam that's going on here. But Barney Frank slips up, John, and he says that H.R. 1207, Ron Paul's bill, to audit the Federal Reserve will actually pass the House in October. What well, you said would might, never happen. No, you want to hear him say I, it? No, I'm not saying that he didn't say it. I'm just saying this, this, the Federal Reserve is not going to get audited. Barney Frank says it's going to happen. Barney Frank. <laughs> Twinkle toes. Barney Frank says it's going to happen. Well, the, the, his actual words are, uh, you'll find the, the YouTube well, It's hard to understand his actual words. Anyway. <laughs> it sounds like he's got a mouthful of mush. Oh, hold on a second. It's, not, it's pretty easy to understand. You know, I'll fast forward to the actual. <laughs> I'm running a prostitution ring from my house in uh, Washington, D.C., and uh, but that's okay because... Uh, yeah, let me fast forward to the bit where he actually says it. That lending power. We are going to put some restraints on it. Finally, we will subject them to uh, a complete audit. I've been working with Ron Paul, who's the main sponsor of that bill. He agrees that um, we don't want to have the audit appear as if it is influencing monetary policy because that would be inflation. I mean, Ron and I agree on that. And we also say one of the Interesting. So the, the reason why he said it would, it, if... 
it would create an inflationary run. So I guess the uh, the whole the whole thought behind this is if they find out which banks were lent all this money, people would have a run on that bank and would pull their money out, and that would be an inflationary run. Is that what would happen, Mister uh, Economist? Well, I'm not Mr. Economist by any means, but I can tell you this much. If my if I found out my bank had a whole crap load of money, I'd feel a lot more secure yeah. about the bank. I wouldn't go take the money out. No, exactly. Well, and Besides it, that, all your money's insured anyway. This whole thing is not going to create – if they're starting to talk about an inflationary run, they're trying to set up you – know, uh, To set up a bank. They're trying to, they're, they're trying to set up a bank to fail. That's what they're doing. They're going to set up some banks to go down. Here, listen to Barney. Last, last 30 seconds. What I will show you is what the Federal Reserve buys and sells. And that will be made public, but not instantly, because if that was made instantly, you would have a lot of people trading off of that, and it would have too much impact on the market. Again, Ron agrees with that. So we will probably have that data released after a time period of several months, enough time, so it wouldn't be market sensitive. Uh, that will be part of the overall federal regulation that we are adopting. The House will pass it probably in October. There you go. The House will pass it probably in October. Okay. Barney well, Frank said it. it. Yeah, okay, well, they probably will pass it, maybe. Anyway, Bytelaw just sent me an interesting thing, which is uh, Geithner's uh, notice uh, of resignation before what? he took the job. He, here, not of his re- resignation to his other things when he took the job. Oh. He had to resign from a bunch of things to take the government job, right? Yeah, it was only public service, what though, they right? Are. Only, no, public service only. He was a public servant. He just told us so. Well, that may be true, what he said, but here's what it says in this little note that he signed. By the way, his signature is very strange. Upon confirmation, I'll also resign from my positions with the following entities. The Center for Global Development, board member. The Economic Club of New York, trustee. The RAND Corporation, trustee. The Partnership for New York City, ex-officio board member. The National Academy Foundation, board member, director. International Rescue Committee, overseer. The Trilateral Commission. Bada bing. There you go, baby. The Council on Foreign Relations member. The group of 30. Whoa. Member. You haven't heard that one, huh? No, those are the people who really want to kill us, I think. The Bank for International Settlements. Direct. (laughs) The Peterson Institute for International Economics. Director. And the New York State Commission to Modernize Financial Services. Member. I bet you this dude was pulling down a million a year easily in uh, board fees. Says I would do not hold any financial interest in these entities for a period of one year after my re- resignation from each of these entities. I will not participate personally. What for one sus- year? Only one year? For a period of one year after my resignation from each of these entities, I will not participate. Is that is he saying so, he's only going to be in this job for a year or what? Well, doesn't that, that mean that after a year he can hop right back in? That's what it sounds like. Jeez, here. Put this on the show notes and let people deal with it. <laughs> I don't think message people... from John C. Dvorak. Hey, I got a message. <laughs> <laughs> you do, that's why you do it, right? John C. Dvorak. Message from John C. Shut Dvorak. up. Stop it. <laughs> oh, nice message. Thank you. I, could, I think I can have a... Re- this is great, Mr. Yeah, it's quite, uh, yeah, this is, quite this interesting. Is, Oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. I wish someone yeah, would analyze his signature. He was, just a, he was signature. just a guy out there doing his public service. Yeah, public service. Right. The Rand Corporation. <laughs> the Rand Corporation. What a, what a lying sack of shit this guy is. I just got to call him on it. So let's go with a clip I've got here. Since we're, I wanted to get the one thing out of the... Um, 
one thing out of the way because I think there's a break a breakthrough commercial came out ah. that needs to be discussed a little bit since we were still on medical for a while. I wanted to get this out of the way, which is you know one of our commercials which has the disclaimers, the ones mm-hmm. we love. Oh so yes, much. of course, disclaimers. As we know, uh, look at your pack of cigarettes. When it says that you will die a horrible, painful death, it actually triggers your brain to want to buy them. Now, this one is for some. I'm going to get a setup on this. This one's for Cymbalta, which is an anti-depression drug. And if you can listen to the beginning, we might have to play it over. But at the very beginning, you hear somebody laughing, huh? And then you hear some birds tweeting, tweet, tweet, tweet. Oh, this and is then all she very goes important. Into her little pitch about why what depression's all about, and she says you can't. Do you want to meet people? And then there's a dog bark. <laughs> Just down the middle of nowhere. It's very interesting the subtleties behind. The oh, and that. you know they research that shit. You know they've researched oh, okay. all oh, of yes. that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, you get you're alerted to the dog bark. Woof. And anyway, so and it's all subtle. But then when she kicks into her this girl who's the announcer who's quite good. But then they obviously they they've taken the part where she has all the discourse and they've sped her up. And they've also clipped out a lot of the white space. In fact, there's one spot where she almost talks over herself. You know, we could do a three-hour show if we did that, if we sped it up and cut out the white spaces. Exactly. Now, so I want you to play this, but the, the, the thing that's noteworthy, I bring up at the end. It's a very short uh, pro and then a very long. The, the disclaimer is unbelievable. Okay, this is the commercial for Cymbalta. When you're depressed, where do you want to go? Nowhere. What do you feel like seeing? No one. Depression hurts in so many ways. Sadness, loss of interest, anxiety. Cymbalta can help. Cymbalta is a prescription medication that treats many symptoms of depression. Tell your doctor right away if your depression worsens, you have unusual changes in behavior or thoughts of suicide. Antidepressants can increase these in children, teens, and young adults. Cymbalta is not approved for children under 18. People taking MAOIs or thyridazine or with uncontrolled glaucoma should not take Cymbalta. Taking it with NSAID pain relievers, aspirin, or blood thinners may increase bleeding risk. Severe liver problems, some fatal, were reported. Signs include abdominal pain and yellowing of the skin or eyes. Talk with your doctor about your medicines, including those for migraine, or if you have high fever, confusion, and stiff muscles to address a possible life-threatening condition. Tell your doctor about alcohol use, liver disease, and before you reduce or stop taking Cymbalta. Dizziness or fainting may occur upon standing. Side effects include nausea, dry mouth, and constipation. Ask your doctor about Cymbalta. Depression hurts. Cymbalta can help. Cymbalta rocks, dude. This sounds like awesome stuff. You might get dizzy when standing. <laughs> so here's the interesting thing about this commercial, besides the fact that the, the, I like the dog. You heard the dog bark, I think. Yeah, I heard the tweet tweet. I heard the dog. And I love the music and how it, you know, kind of like, it is depressing. It's like, you know, you want to, it's like a Leonard Cohen uh, vibe there. Here's what's interesting. The, the sales pitch at the beginning, which was very short, and it wasn't much of a sales pitch. It's just kind of depressing in itself. You know, you want to meet people you can't. You get. Yeah. It's actually very 20 seconds. The commercial had to run one minute and 15, 15 seconds. seconds. Yeah, so it was actually the, the, the whole commercial, the whole commercial length is all the disclaimer yeah. of all the good stuff. Like you might want to so, kill yourself. So of, they can't even make, in other words, that this stuff is so weird that they can't even jam it into a one-minute commercial segment, and they have to buy a special package because the way TV ads are sold, they're sold in 30-second and one-minute ads. Yeah. There are some 15-second packages here and there. So they had to buy a 
a special, they'd special, do a special yeah. deal and get a minute and 15 to just keep yammering about what the, all the bad things can happen to you. It's unbelievable. But it's not bad, John. It's really good. That sounds exciting to me. I mean, there's all this great stuff that can happen. I mean, geez, and it's legal. I mean, why, why would you I'm deal waiting. with the illegal crap? I'm waiting for the one minute and 30 second commercial, which is just laced with it. It couldn't even get to 30 seconds of sales pitch. It was 20 something, like 22. But, is it, but what I ever, never understand about antidepressants is, isn't it supposed to stop you from wanting to commit suicide? How come it actually can make you want to commit suicide? Because <laughs> you looked at your doctor bill. <laughs> listen to that. Listen to you know what? You're paying for one of these pills. Let's listen to let's listen to the the, the actual the pitch here. Is great. Depressed. Where do you want to go? I want to go to the toilet. Nowhere. Oh, nowhere. I just want to stay home and be depressed. Hey, this is, it, what? Wait, wait, wait. I want to preface this. I generally don't want to leave the house and don't want to go see <laughs> John, this either. is for you. John, this is targeted directly at you. And but in fact, I like it that way. <laughs> yeah. Roof. Depression hurts in so many ways. That's true. Sadness. Sadness. Loss of interest. No sex drive. Anxiety. Cymbalta can help. Cymbalta is a prescription medication that treats many symptoms of depression. Tell your doctor right away if your depression worsens, you have unusual changes in behavior or thoughts of suicide. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. I now want to kill myself. <laughs> Idiots. Stay away from these drugs. Oh, really? Please. I mean, now I actually want to advocate weed again. <laughs> So, uh, Bite Law sends a, uh, whoops, it's going to load a PDF. Oh, I made a mistake of clicking on it. Um, sent us another document, which uh, is Geithner's uh, financial disclosures. And in there, he, ref- he, he did not list the trilateral con- commission. Ooh, missed one, Timmy. We'll talk about our friend uh, Vivek. He's what overseeing, about? yeah, he's overseeing another fantastic project. Uh, of course, their uh, eighteen million dollar website. Oh no, much better than that. You know, the TSA, the Transportation Security Administration, uh, they have a lot of uh, IT systems that, uh, of course, you know, it, if those were you know hacked uh, for any reason, you know, that could be serious business. You know, they might not be able to detect your water in your bag going through the X-ray. So, um, SRA International is going to help protect the information technology systems from uh, to prevent cyber attacks at the TSA. $53 million. Wow. For a firewall, essentially. Well, you know, if the public wants to get raped, it's fine. No one reports on this. Well, put it in our uh, list of things to look into. Yeah, there wouldn't be any reports. Why would there anybody bother? It's too complicated. So I uh, hit the uh, hit my uh, clip uh, just to change the pace here. For uh, it says hit, so hit something, hit mouth or something like that. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. <laughs> Obama, change you can believe in. <laughs> What's the tag? <laughs> 
So I want to play that every so often. That's a good trans. I think that's a good segue clip because it doesn't mean anything. It's actually a promotion for the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, good. But I don't think they're going to run it anymore because it's too. It's got violence in, oh, yeah. in the. Uh, oh yeah, that would be, that would be really that. bad. That would be really so bad. I found this would be a humorous clip. I got. I'm watching Clinton, Bill Clinton. He's he's talking to a bunch of liberal bloggers at some big meeting. And these these people are just like you look at the. How would these go, be like Daily Coast? Probably, but it was a huge gathering. It was a lot of people that were just. Let's just put it this way: they're kind of looking, and many are shapen. And we're talking about we're talking about Hillary Clinton, right? And so Bill Clinton is giving no. Bill Clinton's giving a speech to these people, and he just says something out of the blue. That everybody eventually clapped for him on this, but I'm listening to. I, I heard it a different way, and I know you can just hear, listen to it, and tell me if you're thinking what I'm thinking. Hillary's concluding a trip to Africa now with the only female elected president on the continent in Liberia, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf. But a couple of days ago, she was in Goma in the Congo, the site of one of the most difficult refugee camps in the entire world. I don't know what you think, but I think American secretaries of state ought to be in the places of human misery around the world. <laughs> keep her there is what he's saying. He's saying keep her there. Did I misinterpret what he said there? I'm not sure. I think it's right. Bill, right on. Keep her there. Put her in that. Keep her in that refugee camp. She's nothing but trouble. She dissed me. She dissed me big time. Yeah, that's good. I like that. So for my last uh, presentation, I think, uh, so I'm listening to, uh, I've decided that, that the Law and Order Special Victims Unit, which we've talked about on the show before, is nothing more than a propaganda tool. Of course, for, we've, we've already connected the producer of that show to be a bestest buddy of George Bush, who, of course, is you know, still in bed with, you know, it's all, it's all part of the gang. So this this episode was about teen pregnancy, and uh, oh, it yeah. was a, a girl, one girl, some gang leader, you know, she decided that everyone in her group should get pregnant, so they all got pregnant based on some story, supposedly, it turns out, by the way, the story was bogus. I think the, U, the, that, the UK had uh, a couple of cases of that. Yeah, and it turns out, if you really look into it, there, there just was, it was some journalist's idea of a good story. But anyway, uh, just play this clip because it has a b- couple of interesting little uh, cultural tidbits in it that I thought were amusing. Fidelia, why don't we talk about the father of the baby, huh? So what's your story? Excuse me? You have kids? You're pretty old. We're here to talk about you. I bet you're jealous. Old chicks are totally jealous of me. <laughs> <laughs> old that's how kids talk by the way i i have a 19 year old that's exactly how they talk not is that chicks. it would you wait too long tick tock fidelia a baby is not an accessory it is not a bracelet or a pair of earrings or a slam and pair of jeans yeah just ask angelina jolie <laughs> or madonna <laughs> It's not an accessory. Not to have one yourself. You got to go get one from Africa. This is yeah. a living, breathing human being that you are bringing onto this earth. You think I don't know that? If you did, you'd be petrified about your future. Do you know the odds of a teen mom finishing high school? Forget college or any other dream that you might have. Life as you know it is over now. There's no going to the mall or hanging out with your friends. Oh, bummer. Oh, the, life is ending. It's, 
I mean, you might see them, but if you do, it'll probably be in line waiting for food stamps or all of you going to the doctor trying to get an appointment at the free clinic. Danny, make her be quiet. That's enough, detective. Do you know the health risks to babies of teen moms? Dyslexia, retardation, um, increased risks of blindness, cerebral Daddy. palsy. Don't you try to blame my daughter. Oh, my God. Is she so bad, this actress, that she, she actually is she's stumbling over the list that she's been given to read? You know the health risks to babies you know what's of teen moms? What? When she's reading that, when she's reading that list, she actually looks down and at I the think list. She has the list <laughs> she's looking at the list. Oh yeah, cool. Let's, let's listen to it again. Health risks to babies of teen moms, dyslexia. That almost sounds like an edit, man. I, w- I wonder if the video, if it has an edit, dyslexia. No, it Dys- did look real. Dyslexia, retardation, um, increased um, risks of uh, blindness, uh, uh, cerebral Daddy. palsy. Don't you try to blame my daughter. She's looking down uh, oh. about at, right after dyslexia. She looks down at something, and I just got the sense that it was. She uh, missed the blindness one. She couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever works. Something wrong with our bananas, John? Or oh, not ours, but. Uh, Oh, no, bananas are dying. There are going to yeah. be no more bananas in the world. <laughs> no more bananas for you! Oh, sorry. Wrong one. I meant this <laughs> no one. service for you! <laughs> That's what I meant. Yeah, f- from Angola to Uganda, bananas are dying. And bananas, bananas are... John C. And bananas are very, I'm not even going to look at your message. Bananas are very important food in, uh, in, well, in general, but in places like Africa. And, uh, they're dying. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a, we should probably both read about this, but I've been told a little bit about it. And apparently strain of banana is the most popular banana. It's been inbred so much that essentially it has a, it has a, a genetic end point, whereas, in a, you know, two or three more generations of the same banana, and it's just not going to stop. Well, you know, so, what do you mean? Of course it's going to stop, John. You know, there's, all, there's always salvation. You know that, don't you? Well, they, you know, by the way, this is not the first time this is killed. This is not the first banana breed that has died off on us. There used to be one that was more popular that we don't even know. You and I have never had one. Hmm. I wonder who could help in this situation. Monsanto. I wonder. So I wonder if, the, what did they, so is Monsanto in the story? Let me see. I'll have to look at this extra link here. I'm sure they are. They're not. And we're telling you, we're giving you the word up, up in advance, Monsanto. Get on it. Let me see. It's a BBC story. Uh, scientists from the Consultative Group on International Agricultural Research, which I think uh, the acronym is CIGAR, Used the statement saying drastic and expensive control measures were needed. Mm -hmm. They recommended completely excavating entire banana fields and treating them with pesticides. Not mentioned specifically, but yeah, you know it's on its way. Yeah, hopefully. Doing what we can. We need their. We need Monsanto support. Well, I was reading another thing about uh, here the uh, international paper company, the world's largest pulp and paper maker. We've been following the paper industry for some weird reason. They plan to remake commercial forests in the same way Monsanto Corporation revolutionized farms with genetically modified crops. International Papers Arbor Gen joint venture with. 
Mead West Vaco Corp. and New Zealand's Rubicon Limited is seeking permission from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to sell the first genetically engineered forest trees outside of China. We're it's doomed. called West Vaco, by the way. Yeah. Well, we're doomed. I don't know whether they just can't uh, genetically engineer paper to come out the ground as paper. Well, why don't we just use the Sony e-reader with their electronic paper? Well, that would, yeah, there you go. You know, just let trees grow. I mean, geez. I mean, they've got, I don't understand. We've got plants shutting down in Finland because there's not enough uh, need for paper. But for some reason now, the U.S. Department of Agriculture sees a need to put in Franken forests. Yeah. I think there's a good need for that. That way you can make them in a smaller area. So uh, I wanted to bring it to do some business that we, you know, we, our, our website, uh, the, for some unknown reason, the PayPal link stopped working. Yeah. Sometime around Wednesday, or like Thursday. So we didn't, so our income was off substantially. <sighs> and I can't, I'm not going to blame everybody for not giving us money when they, a lot of them went there. But now you can go back and, and there's a, we also changed a couple of things on there. And I want to go through some of our donors. This is Sunday, so we have to do donor day. Did we get anyone uh, asking for uh, ringtones? That's the interesting thing. No. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, how incredibly interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to me. It's like, you know, we don't want your ringtones. So I don't ringtone- think people actually listen to the show. <laughs> it's just like, well, I'll click on this. Hey, here's a button to click. Oh, it works. Oh, I'll put, let me give these guys some money. They're asking for a donation. Yeah, well, that would be okay, too. Yeah. But let's go over the donors this week. We had Ian Smith from Cleveland, UK, gave us 60. Anyone named Ian is usually from the UK. Yes, typically. John Matthews coughed up another 200. He's been giving us, he's putting together his own program to become a knight, so he's getting there. Uh, oh, BBC wait a minute, his, 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 is he on the layaway program? Yeah, no, he's on his, I, I've, anyone who wants to do one of their own layaway programs, instead of clicking and just wants to uh, give certain amounts when they feel like it, but as long as they keep their, their own books, as far as I'm concerned, it's the same thing. Um. And, you know, it's it's all in the database, so it's not, like, hard to figure out. Uh, BC Computers or BBC Computers. This is BC Computers in Bloomfield, Connecticut, 50. Uh, then we have one from a guy who's given us money before. He gave us another 100, but he doesn't want his name mentioned. He wants John Hawk's name mentioned. Uh, at That's Curb, his boss, isn't it? Yeah. Curb Appeal Concrete. <laughs> in uh-huh. the cement business. <laughs> I bet you they bank with the mechanics bank. Plug. <laughs> his boss needs let's give him another plug john please I, I think that's a good idea if he's in the cement business john hawk yeah in john. curb appeal concrete yeah duihelp.com another 50 dollars tinyempire.com 5150 we know what that means it means we're crazy then we got an interesting one from rodri phillips for 100 bucks from Manamanama, Manamanama. <laughs> do, 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 do. Manamana, Manamana, Bahrain. Yeah, Bahrain, the really? The name of the town is Manamana, Manamana, Bahrain. Now you can use that in your next uh, Market Watch column. Manamana, Manamana? Manamana, 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 definitely. Al- Alfred Person and Hemet. 
Hundred uh, Solomon, I think I think we mentioned him last week from Jackson Heights. So people who send us money on Sunday morning, it, sometimes they get mentioned twice, like Trevor Fosher in Seattle. Now the one we missed, a couple people. One we missed, uh, Jake Kelly, who sent us some coins. But the one I have to read, and it's going to take a little time here, but it's not going to take too long because it's probably worth the effort. This is Bar. Oh, hold on, John. I'm losing you. Okay, Barbara Starr sent a 16. She wants us to plug Friends of Crowell Hilaka, which is apparently her old Girl Scout camp. <laughs> and it's F-R-I-N-D-S, Friends of C-R-O-W-E-L-L. H-I-L-A-K-A. She says that the yeah, some developers have talked, perhaps have talked the Girl Scouts Council into dumping this place for, to build condos or something, and she's annoyed. Okay, and how much did she donate for that uh, plug? For that plug, 60 bucks. Oh, nice. Thank you. So it's 50 for the show and 10 for the plug. It's in Summit County, Ohio. Anyway, but anyway, I would like to encourage people to go check out the new... Um, donation page okay so now it's working everything is uh the buttons are working on the website yeah and i added a new button for a five dollar a month uh subscription okay and um yeah dvorak.org slash na and also you can link to it from uh noagenda.squarespace.com you click on the shield and it'll jump over to this site we're going to keep everything there so, so i can fix it when it needs to be fixed i have no idea why those links went bad makes no sense I think it might have to do with um, a relative link or something, and where the uh, maybe yeah, where the domain name change or something like that. That's that's usually the kind of stuff that happens. I I don't maybe I don't know. Just the whole thing seems I didn't make any changes. I didn't move any of the artwork around or anything. It just doesn't uh, just die died a miserable death. Okay, I do have one more uh, little kind of wacky theory if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, reading through the, uh, at least the the published healthcare bill, which is uh, you know you know about the length of uh, Atlas Shrugged. Oh yes, I got it in. Uh, it's over a thousand pages. There is a section in there, C eleven section twenty five twenty one National Medical Device Registry. And I'd just like to read this to you, and you tell me how you take it, and then I'll uh, tell you what my thoughts on this. The secretary, that meaning uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, shall establish a national medical device registry, in this subsection referred to as the registry, kind of like Windows, to facilitate analysis of post-market safety and outcomes data on each device that A, is or has been used in or on a patient, and B, is a class 3 device or a class 2 device that is implantable. Okay. So I'm thinking this, of course, is not language that I can understand because I'm not quite sure what it means to facilitate analysis of post-market safety and outcomes data. And why does it say outcomes data and not outcome data? Uh, I think this is the mark of the beast uh, getting set up, John. I think this is the chip. They've got the chip baked right into the healthcare. Well, they're uh, talking about a heart pacemaker is what they're talking about. Well, that's a chip and too, isn't it? it? It's not a chip. It's a big clunky thing. Yeah, but it, the, but it, uh, but but your pacemaker will definitely have to have uh, have to be uh, readable. Yeah, I'm not going for this one. 
Okay. I don't know. I was right on Gardasil. No. I, I should be a doctor. Oh, God, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. If Timothy Geithner, Tim, if Timmy Geithner can be a Treasury Secretary, then I should be able to be a doctor. Should be no problem. Hey, hit the, play the hit me in the mouth clip one more time. I just want to hear it. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. All right. That's just, the formula. Yeah, just a couple to... That's to, our formula. This sh- <laughs> uh, the United States may refuse a visa to Hamid Karzai's running mate. He, of course, is the uh, CIA plant who has been running Afghanistan. Uh, this dude, his running mate, is so... And I think there may be a rift going on. I think Karzai actually believes in the hat, you know, made of uh, lamb fetus skin. And then he actually thinks that it brings him power because uh, everyone's like all over this dude now. Uh, of course, the elections. He walked out of a meeting with uh, Holbrook, who is the special envoy, whatever that means, the envoy, um, because uh, his running mate is a known heroin drug trafficker. Yeah, go figure. Uh, so there's definitely something weird going on with the U.S. and their and their plant. You know, remember that Karzai was literally planted there. You know, Bush went over and said, "Hey, dude, here, here's your palace. You know, you just watch it, watch you take care of everything here." So there's something brewing. Uh, something else that uh, I think we, if not specifically discussed, alluded to the uh, weirdness of the cargo on that freighter that was uh, hijacked by pirates. Uh, now from uh, multiple sources are saying, hey, you know, it seems like Israel's secret service, i.e. the Mossad, was behind the hijacking of this Russian freighter because it apparently had uh, cruise missiles that were being shipped to Iran. Yeah, duh. But it was only supposed to be timber. Hmm. So we'll put that in the, uh, well, in the, in the show notes for you as well. When they say lay the at. wood to them, maybe they're talking about something else. And, uh, and of course... Uh, President Obama has uh, provided some transparency about the uh, search of the uh, U.S. border and customs uh, patrol. Uh, They will still be able to search your laptop uh, and any other electronic devices to make sure you don't have any terrorist data that you're trying to bring into the country, although uh, it should now take no more than uh, five days uh, to, to scan your hard drive and no more than 30 days for searches by immigration and customs uh, agents. So uh, more of the same stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I saw that thing where they can apparently grab your laptop for no good reason. Yeah, well, that was, well I thought that was going to go away, that idiocy, but I guess it's just uh, staying right in there. So more of the same. Anything else? You know, the problem is, well, oh, I don't know. No, right, right, right. You're breaking up. Yeah, I'm watching. You're, you're what? Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sorry that you. Be- <laughs> I, I think you need to check your machine because there's, there's something seriously wrong with it. 
The thing is, I've done two other uh, things on this machine recently, and it came in loud and clear both ways. So I think there's just a, there's some mismatch. Or maybe it's this time. You know, when we do the show at 8 in the morning, we, never, we have less problems. But we, as we go later in the day, these things start to crop up. Okay, then, then let me ask you this finally. Uh, John, do you sometimes eat tortillas? Occasionally. Do you drink... Who doesn't? Do you drink, te- what is it, Tecate or Tecate beer, Tecate? Uh, I don't drink Tecate. I think it tastes pee. Okay. It tastes like pee. But you might. I mean, if someone served it well, to you. It smells like pee. It smells <laughs> like pee. I don't know what pee tastes like. Are you, are, you, are you known to play Spanish music sometimes? I have been known to play Spanish music. Well, John, then you qualify for the warning issued by the U.S. Forest Service, which is investigating (laughs) and targeting campers who eat tortillas, drink Tecate beer, and play Spanish music because you might be growing marijuana illegally, my friend. What's the reason for this? Well, they they issued... uh, they issued a warning and said, you've got to be on the lookout for campers in Colorado in the National Forests who are eating tortillas, drinking Tecate beer, and play Spanish music because you're probably growing marijuana illegally. And they're profiling people who actually do ha- participate in these three activities. <laughs> senor, senor, the tortillas are going to give us away. <laughs> but the beer smells like pee. It does smell like pee. You know, when somebody said that was a Tecate, there used to be a, a story that the, the Mexicans peed in Tecate because they went to the United States with it. And I said, what a crock of crap. And then somebody at one of these stores around here, a, a huge pallet of Tecate fell over and busted all over the place so you'd smell it. <laughs> it smelled and it I like... I can see where that rumor came from. It smells like pee. Ah, coming to you from uh, a rather uh, noisy 17th century canal uh, house crackpot command center where I believe the sushi is being prepared. Someone's hungry. I'm Adam Curry. And from the... I see the veil of fog lifting now in northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Thursday at 8 a.m. Gitmo Nation West time right here on No Agenda. <laughs>